Hi everybody, Rob from the Hooked On podcast, How To Be Great here. Look, we enjoy doing what we do, for the love of it, it's wrestling, enjoy it, remember? But if you do feel like dropping us a few quid to help us out, be our guest. We don't expect it, but we will appreciate it. Thanks ever so much for your support. Don't forget, it's wrestling, enjoy it. Hi everyone, welcome to the Hooked On podcast. We are on the road to WrestleMania and this podcast is that little bit when you've just got on the motorway and you think you've forgotten something but you're not quite sure what. Welcome to the show. We have uh, our, our normal lineup of me, Rob McNichol, and uh, my good pal Paul Benson. How you doing, Paul? Good evening, Rob. I'm good. Good evening, listeners. Don't say good evening on podcast. You don't know when they're listening. You see, they're um, driving to work. But okay, well, uh, you, you are. But um, you're learning though, and, and you're nice about it, so that's good. <laughs> um, and we're very, very pleased to uh, to get our guest on this week. Uh, he's a very good friend of both of ours. Fantastic wrestling journalist, I would say. Maybe the uh, the one out there that's uh, that's better than me. Dare I say? Um, I am absolutely delighted to welcome from the Daily Star, Patrick Lennon. Pat, how are you doing? Hello, Rob. That's very kind of you. And hello, everybody. And um, whatever hour you're listening to this at, um, I'm delighted to, to be here. Thanks for having me on. It really is a pleasure. And is this the first time that me and... Have we done a... Did, did you come on the one-sided ring? I'm trying to remember. No. I've racked my brain. I think this might be the first time me and you have ever done anything audio or visual. Yeah, I think that might be correct, mate. Yeah. So there we go. Extra reason for people to, um, people to enjoy it. Yeah, so they can enjoy this 45 minutes and then wait another... Eight, eight years or so, however long it is, we, we, we've known one another. Yeah. Um, boys, we have to talk about the um, the Royal Rumble. That's what we've gathered here for. It was the Royal Rumble this past weekend. But there were also other things going on. There was a noteworthy edition of Monday Night Raw, even a noteworthy edition of SmackDown Live on the Tuesday. There was NXT beforehand. And there was, of course, the famous Hooked on Wrestling parties, which to me were a smash all over the country. We'll get to them. But uh, Pat, you're our guest this week. What would be your highlight of uh, the Royal Rumble weekend before we get on to the uh, the meat and bones of the show itself. Um, I, I was like I, I I was very very impressed actually with with the NXT Takeover show as as we've all become accustomed to being. I think they've set a very high standard with these specials on the big weekends. Um, particularly pleased for for Bobby Roode um, just because he's had such a story career and. You and I, all three of us, have crossed paths with Bobby over the years um, from TNA back in Team Canada sort of days. So to see him clutching that first title in WWE, I think there was genuine joy from the man there as well. I know he's a heel, I know he's horrible and all the rest of it, but <laughs> I, I was really pleased for Bobby because I've shared quite a lot of that journey watching him as a fan and obviously working with him over the years for various reasons and that for me was probably yeah that was nice that was really nice um and then of course it was it was i think it's Corey graves is now officially moved up the roster hasn't he and good old nigel mcginnis has got the gig on nxt so that's another piece of very positive news um as for the rumble itself i thought kevin owens and roman reigns was probably my favorite match of the evening but they're they're, they're both insane the amount of punishment they took in that match Great stuff. Plenty of talking points, which we will get to 
uh, over the next little while on this podcast. Paul, what about you? I'm leaving our parties aside, which obviously, as far as we're concerned, the, the highlight of the weekend. But uh, <laughs> from WWE's perspective, what would be the uh, the one or two things that you would highlight? Uh, so from WWE's perspective, you know, obviously I'd echo Pat's um, joy for Bobby Roode. The one thing I like about Bobby Roode is that he is incapable, and this is not a criticism, he's incapable of hiding his actual joy. Do you remember when he did the, the glorious entrance in Brooklyn where he came up on the lift? Yep. And he's got the, the, the music and all this, and you, you couldn't help but see the smile and the smirk break out onto his face. Just for a second. He just broke codes for a second. You could see how much he loved being there. And it was the same when he clutched that belt on uh, on Saturday night. You could just see um, the, the, the the eyes gave it away. There's the pure pleasure of being in that spot at that time. So great for him. Um, as a fan, taking a step back, the best thing I think I saw at the weekend, and not a surprise to be going in, was Styles against Cena. Um, I just thought it was... An exceptional match, lived up to the um, to the expectations set by the previous match, um, and I, I love to see those guys go at it again, go at it again down the line. Tremendous stuff. I think I would um, I think I would tend to agree with you on that front. That would be the uh, the one thing that um, I would really take away. I actually thought the um, the Royal Rumble was a really solid top to bottom show. I I enjoyed the. Uh, the, uh, the Rumble match itself a lot more than uh, most people have seemed to. Um, I haven't fully seen all of the NXT take. I've seen almost all of it and I've uh, uh, skimmed a wee bit, but it was certainly, as, uh, as, as Pat pointed out, I think um, an exceeding of expectations. We were used to seeing those shows be good, but at the same time, that wasn't the most stellar card. Uh, or they didn't appear to be in terms of name value and uh, and uh, set up matches, but uh, I think it um, I think it delivered greatly. Just a quick point on uh, Bobby Roode. I want to get to the Rumble first, and then we can come back to the uh, the NXT Takeover show. But I want to make a quick point. When you're talking about someone like Bobby, you know, when he was on that big pedestal for that that one that previous time, and even some others that uh, get to appear at these NXT things, you even people like Samoa Joe, you know, Bobby Roode, Austin Aries. Various others that have um, had fantastic careers. They've worked for all the top indie companies. They've impressed people with their work all over the world. But when they're at the NXT show, particularly Bobby was the one that jumped to my mind, that was probably the biggest crowd he'd ever wrestled in front of. We forget that these are 15, 16-year veterans. But the most TNA ever drew was pretty much when they came over here and got 8,000 at Wembley Arena. Impressive though that was. You know, suddenly when there's double those people for for something that's not even on the telly, you know, it's only even on a it's only on a, on a network uh, broadcast in the states. Um, it's a big deal for those guys, and so I don't blame them for having a little smile crack across their face because at that point, if they never make the main roster, if they never win a title, when you wrestle in front of that many people and you have that sort of entrance and that sort of focus on you, you've made it. And anything else after that's a bonus. So I'm uh, delighted for Bobby, just as Pat said. And uh, hopefully we'll uh, get a few Bobby Roode stories in before this uh, this podcast is done. Very quickly before we uh, we head into the um, our, our Raw Rumble uh, rundown, as it were. Um, if this is the first time listening to the Hooked On podcast, welcome everyone. Um, myself and Paul are from a, a company called Hooked On Events, Hooked On Wrestling, of which Pat is a founder member himself. Um, we uh, put on shows all over the UK to view these pay-per-views. We have quizzes and fancy dress costumes and all sorts of shenanigans going on. We had six uh, across the nation. Um, uh, this week for the Rumble, we're going to do eight for WrestleMania, and you can get your tickets for them now. We're not going to he- make this a plug-heavy show, but we want to get it in um, right off the bat if we can. So, Paul, um, if you have everything to hand, where can people get tickets, and uh, what venues are we going to be running for WrestleMania, if we've got that information out there these days at the moment? Yeah, we have tickets for all on 
and I'm flying off the shelves. We're on sale a couple of days, and we're already well over 150 tickets sold. Um, we've got eight parties running for WrestleMania across the country. We're doing two walkabouts this time. We're doing walkabout in Temple, which is kind of our home ground, if you will. Um, and we're doing walkabout in Brighton. We're coming back there after a little absence. Uh, we've then got tutored sports bar and grill venues around the country. Um, they are Liverpool, Leeds, Manchester, Cardiff, Birmingham. And finally, for the first time, we're going to be doing Nottingham. Um, which hasn't actually even opened yet. It doesn't open until uh, mid-March. Um, and that will be, uh, if anyone lives and knows Nottingham, the site of the old walkabout bar in the city centre, which is one of my favourite bars when I used to live there. So proper looking forward to bringing events to that city for the first time. Excellent so, stuff. Go on. Ticket-wise, ticket-wise, um, there's a couple of ways you can do it. Um, you can go to ringsideworld.co.uk to book your tickets for any of our parties. Or for the shooters' venues, you can call shooters direct on 0845-5333-00. Excellent stuff. So um, from, from our point of view, um, plugging over, we'll, uh, we'll let Pat um, plug something if he needs to in, in a wee bit's time. But we'll, uh, we'll leave it there for Hooked on Wrestling. But we would love you to come and join us for WrestleMania at some of our more popular venues. Remember, uh, tickets are likely to sell out. Tables are likely to go. Um, so make sure you get in nice and early. Okay, boys, let's go to the uh, the Royal Rumble match, I think we'll start with, because that's really um, what we go into the Rumble thinking about. It's what we spent six podcasts talking about, Paul. I think we covered almost every every eventuality about who could win from Undertaker through Lesnar and Goldberg to Chris Jericho to um, <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura to Samoa Joe to Kurt Angle and to everyone in between. And I'm not sure we said Randy Orton. Um Pat Lennon, what do you make of Randy Orton uh, winning the Royal Rumble? And are you someone that will uh, be making a decision at this point? Would you more be thinking about, let's see it play out first? Um, I personally think Randy Orton's a safe pair of hands, gentlemen, really, for the main event at WrestleMania. I think with the kind of... It was a, it was a stacked group of individuals in that match, really, when you consider the, the kind of... Only the poundage of prime beef between Goldberg and Lesnar and... Obviously, Undertaker, the legends, you know, they, they, none of them to me seem to be a credible choice for the main event of, the, of, of WrestleMania. Now, that might sound a bit ridiculous to some people, but they're going to do it anyway, really, with Goldberg and, and Lesnar, as we subsequently discovered. Um, I, I think the way that Owens has carried the Universal title in particular um, has been so strong that it actually has allowed WWE to play around with things a little bit. And. Yeah, Randy has, has had a decent run, I suppose, with the Wyatt family. A little bit confusing, lads, really, that he doesn't have to grow a beard and wear a vest. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I think that's really not on. And, and to be honest, it'll be good. Whoever, you know, Cena's holding the title for now until Elimination Chamber. And obviously then you've got the, um, the maelstrom of possibilities to come out of that one um, to see who Randy faces. I, I wasn't surprised by it. I wasn't exactly thrilled by it either, to be honest, because it kind of removes him a little bit from that Wyatt storyline as well. I mean, I love the Wyatts. So um, I, I, I think um, Randy's a safe pair of hands, I'd say, rather than um, a punt from WWE as winner. Yeah, I can certainly understand why they went there in terms of that. I think that's a, I think that's an excellent point. Um, I think in terms of uh, not knowing going into the Rumble, I actually did um, mistakenly, like a fool, have a look at the betting odds during the afternoon. And when I saw that Orton was, I think the first time I saw him, he was about 1-7. to seven, And then later on, I saw he was 1-25. to 25, I thought, ah, I think I know what's happening here. So I wish I hadn't seen that because I, uh, I think I would have watched it slightly differently. Um, probably assuming at that point that... Um, 
the, the, the Reigns was going to win when it got towards the end. We'll talk about him in just a second as well. Um, but in terms of Orton winning, I think he's someone that, um, as Pat points out, I think he's better than people give him credit for. I think if people um, have a criticism of Orton, it's generally that they've seen it all before and it's all a little bit samey. But you shouldn't mistake that for the fact that he's not, he's not a very, very good wrestler, because he is. And I think matches he's had in the past with... Um, with CM Punk, with Daniel Bryan, with Christian, those kind of things stand out to me match-wise as being really excellent and uh, his timing is perfect, he's very safe and all those kind of things. Um, Paul, the reaction um, live to Orton winning, I would say, was mixed where we were in the bar, 550 people, 570 people in the Walkabout Temple, was mixed. It was kind of partially, we're happy that it's not Reigns, but we're also not entirely satisfied that it's Orton. Are people being a little bit judgmental at this point? Should we work out where this is going before we start making a judgment? I think people, you know, and we're guilty of this as much as anyone, just expect so much for the Royal Rumble because there are so many possibilities. Now, WWE were quite smart in the fact that Randy Orton is not the most exciting winner um, there. You know, people would have rather have seen most of those names that you mentioned at the start of this little segment. However, if there's one man that he can... Uh, eliminate from the rumble to get a really positive reaction it is roman reigns so it really smart in that if they wanted randy to win having him throw reigns over the top for that win um made a lot of sense because i think whilst the fed said the reaction was mixed i would say it was pretty positive so um, and, and mainly relief more than anything because they really really didn't like roman reigns um and so i think it probably came off much more positive and if he'd have eliminated, you know, a Goldberg or an Undertaker to win it, that would have been an interesting scenario. Um, but no, I think, you know, echoing what Pat said, he's a safe pair of hands. doesn't excite me particularly. Um, I could have known five or six winners that I'd rather. But at the same time, I'm quite looking forward to seeing what they do with the inevitable Wyatt versus Orton sort of build to mania. Ooh, that's the thing. You've gone with the word inevitable there. My next question for you, Pat, is um, we, we, we did promise when we were just having a little chat off air before we started recording that we're trying not to be too heavy on um, WrestleMania predictions in this particular podcast. We're a long way to go to WrestleMania. It might be fun to to, to watch all the, the things play out in between. But um, since Orton's winning the Rumble seems to be that it would be a, uh, a championship opportunity for WrestleMania, not that they've necessarily stipulated that so far. Um, who do you see being the most likely Orton... Um, match being against. Do, do you definitely see it as being Wyatt? Is that an inevitability like Paul's just said? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think that, that what we saw at the weekend was an example of um, WWE playing their hand, really, to be honest, gents. I think they, they didn't have to go with a celebrity or nostalgia run-in, for want of a better term, like a Kurt Angle or something like that. And they didn't have to um, have, you know, a comedy run-in, um, by by Boogeyman or someone like that. Forgive me, Boogeyman, but that, that's comedy to me. Um, I think it's it's demonstrated the depth of what they have at their disposal. They they were able to concentrate on their own storylines, and they were able to concentrate on on the characters that people are seeing regularly on television, really. And and I think that was indicative to me of just how far they've come. And I don't think they're going to they're going to set it in stone right now. I think that they're they're keeping their options open. I mean, where are we? We're only at the start of February. They've got a good few weeks left to to get everything lined up. And I think they're not afraid of doing a build of maybe only four or five weeks for these big shows anymore because they know the depth of talent that they've got available to them. And and, and they've got enough on their own roster working full time, quite frankly, who who could be something of a surprise on on that WrestleMania card anyway. 
I think they probably feel that the uh, the eleven eleven letters or however many it is that make up the word WrestleMania is probably enough to sell WrestleMania to uh, uh, a lot of people. It's not like a, a UFC or a boxing card that would rely on the uh, the main event and it's a one match show. I think Mania sells Mania these days. But um, um, this week on uh, SmackDown Live, they announced that next week's um, main event. I don't know if I, I don't know if it's um, with any sort of slip or title um, thing on it, but um, they're doing Orton versus Cena next week on SmackDown. Um, surely, Paul, if they were going to have that as a WrestleMania main event, which what people seem to be panicky about, the Orton Cena at WrestleMania for the you know 748th time um, is going to be you know the the, uh, the match for the title is going to be Cena and Orton's match. If they're giving it away on SmackDown, surely they're not doing it at Mania. Correct. And I think that's as big an indicator as anything. Now, whilst I don't think that match is going to purely end up being a one-on-one, I think the sheer fact that they're advertising it takes it out of the equation for WrestleMania. Um, I just I just can't see it happening. You know, it's, it's not a fresh match. It's not a particularly interesting match putting them both together, but they've both got interesting opponents that they can face elsewhere on the card. You know, I'm, I am a fan of both, Cena more so than Orton. So I'm certainly not saying that I don't want to see either Romania. I really don't want to see them against each other, though. Um, and I think this SmackDown booking probably sort of flags, you know, flags that up that it's not going to happen. Let me throw out a booking scenario for you. Again, and we promise we're not going to get too much into this, but um, I thought of this only, only today. Um, what if, and you have to assume that they will be quite lax in terms of their um, uh, who's on what brand and, and that sort of uh, those sort of rules, but what if... As we've seen before in Elimination Chambers, is there the late change to the lineup? Let's say that Bray Wyatt is quote unquote injured and cannot take part in the Elimination Chamber, or some other shenanigans go on, and that there needs to be a replacement person for the chamber, and that person is Braun Strowman. And Strowman wins the chamber, Strowman is the new champ, and Strowman gets to face Randy Orton at WrestleMania with some sort of Wyatt's what sides the Wyatt's on thing going on in the background that I thought that just says something a bit different because I don't see what I think it's a big thing that they've built Strowman up really really well considering he's a a bit of a monster limited you know huge guy and that's all they really have done with him they've built him up really well his character is over and it's in a good spot but I don't really see where he goes to Wrestlemania assuming um that he does the uh he does the um the Reigns match in between I think it's a stretch because I think they've obviously got the Reigns um, match going on in between for him, but is that a possibility? Am I going too wild? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think he's done very well. I, I was always scratch, scratch my head initially when I saw that they split him up. I mean, they obviously had great plans for the man, um, even though he'd been in the you know in in those limelight for a relatively short space of time. Really, I mean, I you know is, is it going to be a marquee match for WrestleMania? I, that 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 would be my only question. No, fair point. I'm just trying, but I, I can't see what any Orton match is marquee um, because of just how he's been positioned over the last little while. The only other thing I had in the, the back of my mind was that maybe, just maybe, as we've seen in other WrestleMania seasons, um, they're about to produce a, a colossal rabbit out of a, a very large hat um, and build someone else in. We've seen, we've stood at this position going into WrestleMania before not expecting to see Big Show return or Floyd Mayweather make an appearance, and both happened on the same night. It built into a match at Mania. You know, is it beyond anyone's wildest dreams that I don't know 
that they could do some sort of deal with it. I don't think Conor McGregor is really on the cards, but someone like that, or even even a working Kurt Angle into the uh, the equation somehow, and that they actually this is why they've not been saying it's a title match. That's just why they've been saying it's a main event because they'll have Orton do that instead of go with the title step. I don't know. I'm just uh, freestyling. Well, yeah. I mean, again, I think it's um, you know it's a case of they, they're keeping their options open. I mean, I, I do believe though. I mean, looking down. Some of the announced matches for for a couple of the SmackDown house shows going up for I think it's a month away. They're in MSG or somewhere like that, and they've got Luke Harper against Randy Orton. But you know, which way does that work? You know, <laughs> yeah. who's in, who's out? You never quite know. So, I, yeah, it, it looks like it's going one direction. But you know the way they've been in the last couple of years. If, if people are too smart, if people are too, um, I suppose, informed or, or predicting that something's going to happen, they tend to shy away and try and change it, don't they? So. Uh, yeah, I mean, Angle, I mean, I, I, it would be amazing if they gave him some time on, on the WrestleMania card. It would be worthy of the man. You, everybody who's ever read a word I've written or listened to anything I've said knows how much I, I, I like and respect Kurt Angle. Um, will it happen? I don't know. I mean, they would they would obviously be asking him to, to elevate somebody who's, who's working full-time there. And I don't know. I, I'm sure he wouldn't have a problem doing that. But it would have to be the right person. You know, it would be very interesting. There'd be no point Kurt Angle wrestling AJ Styles for example because you know people have seen it in, in TNA and people maybe they don't need to elevate AJ Styles he is absolutely unbelievable and we should play a bit of credit to him going back to the Rumble for how well he's carried that belt since I think it's September he won it in and he's just been absolutely outstanding for, for a calendar year he absolutely has and the people's reaction to AJ it can bring us on to another Rumble topic I think if we uh, move it along um the reaction to AJ, all across the board, internally, externally, everywhere, has been that he is living up to his billing. He has been phenomenal. Um, that's a cliche to say that kind of thing, but he really has been. I, I, I have always been an AJ Styles fan, um, but I really think he found himself in New Japan. I don't think that uh, TNA AJ Styles would have had a better run at WWE than, let's say, Joe has, which is good and it's impressive, but it's not, you know, carry the company, which is virtually what he's done. Mm. Um, I think he learned everything in Japan. He's learned just—he's he's always been a great athlete, always been a good wrestler. He's learned nuance. He's learned to perform in front of big crowds. He's a very smart guy, and I think that's what's led to him being where he is. And he gets the right—well, not the right reaction necessarily from fans because of his position as a heel. But in this day and age, where there's a bit of a grey area all over the place, everyone seems to um, respect AJ. That said, um, I'm intrigued with the, the number thirty position for Reigns and people's reaction to that. Some have suggested oh, it's a way of crowbarring Reigns into everything. Why does he always have to get pushed down our throat, etc., etc.? I challenge them and say that had AJ Styles been put in exactly the same position, come out at number thirty, been eliminated by Randy Orton, people would be saying, "Why are they burying AJ Styles?" I think it's a, I think it's a, uh, a double standard. What do you say, Paul, Paul Benson? Um. It's a tough one because I I think that I think that Styles needs to be the I think Styles needs some focus going forward. He deserves it, like you, like you guys both said. He's had an absolutely excellent calendar year. Um, where do I put him at WrestleMania? Where do I put him going forward as a face? Ultimately, maybe not right now. Maybe after Mania, but I want to see him in as high a profile match as possible. Whether that's with Shane McMahon or whether that's with Finn Balor or whether that's with Shinsuke Nakamura, I want to see him get the WrestleMania match he deserves after the 12 months of, of excellence. Fair point. Pat, what about you? Back to the point of uh, the number 30. Do people judge Roman on a different scale to AJ because AJ is so uh, respected in a different way? 
Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a short answer to that, Rob, and I believe that's the right one. Is that people um, people are apt to to dump on Roman Reigns, and I'm not sure what the guy's doing wrong. Um, he's he's done a very good job. Of course, he's not as as athletically gifted as AJ Styles. He's a lot bigger. Um, he's got a fabulous look. He he still needs to lose the kind of diehard Christmas terrorist kind of stuff that he's got on. I think they could they could, <laughs> they, could do, they could do something with his look. He's still wearing pretty much the same thing he was wearing in the Shield, and and you know if you look at how far Rollins has come and how far Ambrose have come from that, it's it's. I think that might kind of actually subconsciously work against him at this point. But I think that. Um, I think he's, he's he's very competent. You think some of the matches he's put on himself over the past twelve months and in main event spots, and he, he's been excellent. You know, and and people just something something doesn't wash, does it? People don't like the fact that they they perceive him to be forced upon them by the company. Um, I really like. I thought that he might do a proper full heel turn. You know, a couple of months ago, and that thoroughly excited me. Some of his facial expressions when he comes out on the ramp, getting booed out of the place. You know, that's something that they've got in their back pocket. And and you know, who's to say WrestleMania wouldn't be a really really good moment for them to do that? Well, half of it set up. We were talking uh, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago um, about the potential Roman Reigns Undertaker. Uh, match. I don't think we can claim to uh, have invented that concept. I think the uh, the whisper of that was out there, but certainly the idea that I think we were talking Undertaker wins the Rumble and Roman is the champion, and that's how they get into it. But it matters not if they get to Roman Undertaker at Mania. That is an easy way if if they want to do the uh, the Roman Reigns Roman Reigns heel turn. And I'm not saying they will, by the way, mm. but if they want to, that's the way of doing it because Taker is just so beloved. And you have the story, don't you? You can you can dump on Taker being a legend. You can you know you can give him some stick for being old and washed up, and you know anything you like. And you can just really generally be a nasty piece of work. I think what they'll probably do is have you know Roman claim he's as good as anyone from any era, and at the end of it, whether he wins or loses, him and Taker shake hands, and we move on with Roman being Roman that he's been for the last eighteen months. I don't think they're going to change anything. I think we're being you know, overly optimistic to think that uh, they're going to change their approach because generally the bet is that they don't. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think that... It, they're more likely to turn in than they are John Cena, aren't they? You know, that's my point, really, I guess. They are, and and, right, and rightly so, too. Um, um, going back to the Rumble match itself, we're going to get on to some other matches that I wanted to try and move this along a bit more. Um, my highlight of the Rumble match itself, personally, because of, I just thought it was something that was so perfectly executed it was exactly what they should do exactly what they did do i thought the way that they did brock lesnar comes in obliterates everyone goldberg in spear clothesline over i just thought was magnificent not just because of the concept i think we could all see that was a a likely scenario but the way in which they did it their facials brock lesnar sold something he sold Anger and fear, almost in equal measure, as if to say, I'm so furious with you that you've got one over me twice, but I'm slightly worried you're going to do it again. And I love that. I might be reading too much into that, but that was what I saw in Brock's eyes. He is a vastly underrated seller. And I don't mean seller as in, ow, that hurts. I mean emotion. You always know what Brock is thinking or what the character is supposed to be thinking, even if Paul Heyman is not vocalising it. And I think that is... Uh, a wonderful aspect to Lesnar that's uh, not often talked about. Um, Paul, do you agree that, that that whole setup was just sublime? 100%. Uh, they really needed to double down on the fact that Goldberg has got Lesnar's number. Um, I, I, so what you suggested prior to the Rumble that actually transpired worked perfectly. 
and then the follow-up on Raw with the with the promo from Heyman. And the, the beauty of Heyman is everything he says has that little grain of truth or a large grain of truth. Um, and the, the, the adage goes that the best heel promos are the ones where they're actually being truthful. And talking about how Goldberg was the kryptonite to Lesnar, just as Lesnar is Undertaker's kryptonite, and CM, I know they didn't mention it, but sort of like CM Punk being John Cena's, was a really good setup for that final WrestleMania encounter where Lesnar has to get the victory. And if he doesn't, his legacy is tarnished forever. That's a powerful motivator. Um, so, yeah, I thought everything they did with those guys on the, those Sunday and Monday dates was spot on. You know, time and time again throughout my time writing for The Sun and writing for Fight and Spirit and when I did the slam on the TV, people would say, Rob, you know, you're, you're the premier wrestling journalist in the UK. You're just so good. And then they'd say, yeah, but Patrick <laughs> Lennon. <laughs> you know, so I just I had every sympathy for what they were saying. Um, Pat, Pat, I know you're a, you're a Paul Heyman fan. I know you've interviewed him and uh, and got to know him a bit. Um, he did a great job, didn't he, on that that follow up on on Monday? And and I know you're a, you're a huge um, Brock Lesnar guy as well. So you must have um, you must have appreciated that whole setup. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. You know, I think like you guys have said, I'm going to repeat what you said. I thought it was perfect. You know, Paul, Paul's right. Um, they needed to double up on on what had happened previously, and, and and Lesnar getting toppled, if you will, and it does set up, you know, the biggest match arguably of, of Lesnar's pro wrestling career for the biggest night of the year. So yeah, it works on every single level. I think Paul Heyman is is is, is as most people probably agree, is tantamount to genius. The way that he is able to blur the boundaries in what he says, he's he's very. Um, eloquence in the way that he he rates. I love the way that he he will come out, and, it, and it's so theatrical and it's so almost staged. My name is Paul Heyman, but then that's exactly what he does. He tells you a bit of truth, and 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 it's just a beautiful blurring of the boundaries and really the execution of this art form that we, we all love uh, to the highest highest standard. Um, Brock Lesnar then comes into to the ring and and executes the character to to virtual perfection. And I think quite right. You know, it's about emotion. It's about you know conveying a very simple message. We're not st- supposed to think of Brock Lesnar as a cerebral, um, calculating guy. And and it's a, the, the two are a perfect foil for each other. They're great friends, um, as far as we all understand it. Um, and, and yeah, I th- I think that it, it was beautifully done. I think that. Um, it's going to be perfect for WrestleMania, the two of them. And, and I'll be really interested to see what they do, because the interesting thing is they've done nothing so far, have they? It's the oldest rule in the book. Keep the fans wanting to wanting more. You know, they've, had, they've literally not even touched each other. It's, it's really, it's, it's, it's perfect. It is, it is very good. It would not shock me a great deal if um, Heyman has had a lot to do with the, uh, the pitching of the idea, if not the, uh, the booking and the execution as it's gone along. Um, we wanted to a quick couple of extra points on the Royal Rumble, then we'll have a little chat about the uh, the NXT show. Um, we've talked a bit about Cena and Styles, absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I think one of the one of the best matches I've seen in a long time. I thought even poss- probably better than their uh, uh, their effort at SummerSlam. And Pat, you mentioned about um, uh, Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens. There was sort of a, they were both all in in that match, weren't they? Some might, uh, in, some including me, would probably have a few uh, qualms about the uh, the finish. And uh, about the reaction to some of that, but that might be a discussion for another day. But in terms of match quality, you were slightly higher on um, style, uh, Reigns and Owens than, than Styles and Cena. Um, maybe you can explain why. Well, I, I think it's probably because, and, and this isn't an overt criticism, um, because it's very hard to criticise John Cena. Uh, and I think people have, have really copped onto that in the past couple of years. That, that, 
Yes, he, he's you know his 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 abilities aren't going to be as good as a Shawn Michaels or, or you know or his pure technical ability isn't going to be an AJ Styles, um, but he, he his matches are always entertaining. Again, he's on a he's a proper main eventer. He has been for ages. He's a, he's won the title sixteen times. That's why they don't put the title on people who are useless like that. You know, it, it's. His matches. The reason I, I I would rate the Owens one and the Reigns Owens and Reigns above that one is is perfectly simple. In that, as much as I enjoyed Styles and Cena, it's it's just that kind of rolling thunder. The way you get a match out of Cena is to just do move after move after move after move. We saw it in the three matches with Kevin Owens. The first match of those three last year was my favourite because they actually put more of a match together than the, than the second. Um, and third matches were very much move, 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 finish. Now, purists might argue that that's not storytelling, that that's not, you know, wrestling in its, you know, in its true essence. But, you know, it's nonsense. It's entertainment. It's really, really entertaining. I like Reigns and uh, and Owens because it just looked bizarre, you know, with Jericho up there and they managed to get him involved with the brass knucks and, 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 and just the sheer physical effort that those two blokes put themselves through. And, I, I don't usually go for the kind of, I suppose, furniture matches that uh, as my favourites. But that one, I just thought they, they really did work very well. And Owens is a master of of getting the best out of, of, of Reigns. And, and I thought Reigns, once again, in a really high-profile match, lived up to the billing. You know, he didn't do anything wrong. He played the, the part really, really well. Um, the ending, well, you know, I, I couldn't see any reason how they could possibly take the title off Owens, given how good he's been and how entertaining him and Jericho are, have been again for, for months and months now, the best thing on WWE TV, arguably. And yeah, Strowman, fair enough. It works for that character. It wasn't exactly the ending that I, you know, I would have, I would have had, but you know, Owens is still yet to get his comeuppance. And that's exactly again, similar to, uh, to um, Mr. Lesnar and Mr. Goldberg. That's precisely the, the philosophy keep the fans waiting keep them keep them wanting to see it happen your point in there about um you know a, a match doesn't have to follow a formula to be good it can be good in any sort of way and you know just depending on how uh, you appreciate it if we get some time i want to uh jump back to a particular story about when me and you were at um uh, Bound for Glory 2009, there was a certain match that you and I philosophically disagreed on. I want to try and get to that before the end of this podcast, if possible. Um, but we wanted to keep it rolling. Um, on to you, Paul. Um, is there anything else on the show, um, pre-show, during the show, um, matches or otherwise, um, that you'd like to flag up as being significant? We've got plenty of podcasts from uh, here until uh, WrestleMania. I'm sure we'll have a little look back again next week at uh, some more Royal Rumble things that we haven't got to today. But is there anything pressing that you'd uh, like to just mention? Um, the only thing that really strikes me, a problem we've mentioned already, um, is just how wrong I was about all aspects of the show. And I, and that to me, that's always a positive because I can't think of more than one or two matches that I predicted to, or predicted to finish for correctly. I thought Neville was going to win the title. Yes, I got that right. I thought Charlotte was going to win, win the title, uh, sorry, retain the title. Correct again. But I think in every single match, apart from that, I pick, I backed the wrong horse. Um, and that's great because, you know, for all the fact that the Royal Rumble might have not had the winner that people wanted, it kept us all on our toes for four hours and kept us all guessing. And I think any pay-per-view that does that um, is automatically elevated, regardless of the in-ring action. If you can't sort of go through each car match and go, yep, this guy's winning, that girl's winning, et cetera, et cetera, so it's, a, it's a positive and a big thumbs up. I think you're right, and I think that um, the fact that there are sometimes, perhaps I'm guilty of um, 
blanketing wrestling fans or quote unquote the internet into one large um, group because obviously it's not just homogenous it's people with lots of different ideas but I feel that if things are predictable then it's boring and predictable and then if things are unpredictable then it doesn't make sense and there's always a stick to beat them with and it's like to me I prefer this route where at the moment it doesn't make sense to me but I'm going to give it some stick after Wrestlemania rather than after the Royal Rumble because they do have a lot of time to to turn things around to entertain you in the in the build-up and indeed to put on a, a hell of a show itself we're going to go on to NXT next we're going to talk about the NXT takeover before we do um Pat um, how many years is it that you've uh, you've been writing now for the Daily Star? Well, I'm very proud to say that the column fight and talk um, running on a Thursday for for those of you who don't know in in the newspaper has been running for 13 years next month. Um, wow! And I've missed one week, and that was because um, somebody called Jesus had the temerity to to have a birthday on a Thursday. Um, we didn't make a newspaper that day, and um, yeah, only one week in 13 years that that the glorious world of professional wrestling has not been represented in print um so yeah it's a very proud part of my career um something i'm very very lucky to do and i i really do appreciate the support that the editor the newspaper give me to to um talk about the thing we all love i can just tell you that from from my experience of having i worked for the sun for i think it's on a freelance basis i was never you know fully employed by the newspaper on a freelance basis but um for many years i wrote for them um for many years i was the um uh, the, the head wrestling writer and let me tell you, it was murder trying to get stuff into the uh, paper. <laughs> in fact, that's a very poor choice of words because it took the Chris Benoit episode to get us uh, space in the actual paper. Yep. And there was various other things. Uh, occasionally, you'd get a Hogan story through or a Rock story through or something like that. But generally, wrestling in the paper, absolute no-no. So fair play to the star. Um, and fair play to you because if it was if you were writing a load of old rubbish every week, you wouldn't have lasted 13 weeks, let alone 13 years. And it's a, um, it's a genuine boost to not only um, people in, people's enjoyment of reading about stuff like the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, um, but you've heralded the rise of various different British talents, both here and in the States uh, and in Japan and, and elsewhere in the world. So um, kudos to you, not just because you're my mate, but it's, it's been a genuine boost to British wrestling and to, and to wrestling coverage in this country. So I salute you, the fact that you've been able to go so long and it's still, it's still entertaining and that's, that's great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. I really do. You know, it's and yeah, it's it's, it's a great thing. I'm, I'm I'm a very very lucky man that I get to be able to write about something I. Love. And I always thought the interesting thing was again the fact that uh, I was writing for the Sun and Pat was writing for the Star. People just assumed that we either didn't get on or we were sort of like there was big rivalries or anything like this. And the point was that you could very easily go and go online and read a whole bunch of stuff that I'd written, and then on a Thursday buy the paper. You know, for, for Pat, and you, you're supporting everyone. It was as if you can only you're only allowed to do one thing. Like, yeah, um, you're only allowed to watch WWE. That means you can't watch TNA and you can't watch Ring of Honor. And it's like behave yourself. There's plenty to go around. Yeah. And so that was always a always a, a you know a thing of mine that I wanted us to work together one day. And we we tried the uh, the Hooked on Wrestling magazine, which um, didn't necessarily come off. But one day, mate, we'll, we're going to do it again. We'll do it, and it'll be the best damn read you'll ever see. Yeah, <laughs> it, it will. Um, for the time being, that, that's in the future, and NXT is very much supposed to be about the future for, for WWE. Going into this card, the NXT uh, takeover for, for San Antonio, um, I would say it was possibly the least attractive 
NXT card that you've had going in, in the sense that there's almost always been at least one, two, four, five, however, never three, one, two, four or five um, uh, superstars or potential future superstars you were so desperate to watch, whether that was, you know, Rollins and those kind of guys to begin with, or when, you know, Bala came in, or whether it's, you know, um, Samoa Joe, Nakamura, lots of lots of people that have made it up to the main roster, American Alpha, all sorts of uh, of all sorts of acts, but I would say going into this one, there wasn't absolutely jam-packed full of it, and some of the ones that were wrestling, it wasn't necessarily a, a grand um, lineup. Rude and Nakamura clearly caught the eye, but everything else was maybe a little bit lower key. Did the low expectations make it a better show because you weren't expecting so much, or is that unfair to the actual work that went on, Pat? No, I don't. I think you know. I certainly think lower expectations are the key to happiness in lots of things in life. But no, we're, we're exacting people, wrestling fans, and we, you know, NXT has set the bar so high. It's maybe at the level they have been. But you know what? It just shows the uh, the, the atmosphere of, of competition and between the the talent in, in NXT, and and there seems to be that 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 real kind of family feel to the whole thing that everyone is going out there to try and outdo each other. And uh, extraordinary, really. I, I thought that that. Um, DIY got an, a really good match out of the lads in Authors of Pain, which you know I really wasn't expecting that to be anywhere near as good as it was. And if you look down the card, maybe now in hindsight we shouldn't have been so surprised. You know, Ty Dillinger's very good, Eric Young's very good, um, and then Bobby and, and, and Nakamura obviously were, were the stars of the show. Um, and I thought that you know the, the ladies did really well. You know, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay are certainly not to the standard that we've been. Um, seeing with Charlotte and Bailey and Sasha Banks, but you know what? How far have they come? They've come really, have come a long way. And to see Nikki Cross in there as well um, was fantastic. And Asuka, as we all know, it is probably at that level. She she is now head and shoulders above everybody else in 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 that particular division. But it makes her job all the more important to bring these girls on. So it was great to see the level of work, the effort that was going in still, because it would be easy for people in NXT maybe to maybe take their foot off the gas and, and, and just kind of think, well, we're on NXT and it's the cool brand and we can just we can just look cool and, and be good by being here. And that's absolutely not what Triple H and Regal and Robbie Brookside have engendered there. They won't let them um, slack off, basically. And I think that's what Saturday's show really proved. I definitely think that NXT, as a, uh, a proving ground and indeed as a, a polishing um, location for getting everyone up onto the main roster, is hugely important. However, I will say that there is a, a great deal of people that have made the main roster. So that's your, your Rollins and uh, your, your Finn Balors and lots of others. And when Nakamura goes up there and when Rude goes up there and now Joe's up there and so many others, um, they were almost made before that. I mean, AJ went straight to the main roster. You know, it was a different uh, route for him. A lot of them could have done. I still think it was right for them to go through NXT, but a lot of them could have done. We're starting to get to the point where... Um, Aries isn't wrestling at the moment. I think he's injured, but Aries is presumably going to go on to the Cruiserweight um, show and, and Raw a little bit more permanently. Um, if they were to call up Nakamura, you're starting to look at an NXT where you're a little bit devoid of... And star power is not the right word because it's not that kind of brand, but you know the established, you know, bring them in off the indies and throw them straight in. They've almost run through that talent now. They've got to be careful not to keep on... You know, promoting too quickly because if they were to promote Asuka, let's say, and Nakamura, then suddenly a lot of divisions in NXT are kind of without their stars. And with the greatest respect to a Ty Dillinger, who's been successful in his own era, um, or not era, you know, his own sphere, um, I don't think he's a, he's a future star. I think if he gets called up, he's a Tyler Breeze. So I, I just wonder whether there's you know a little bit of a dearth there that they they might just hold back on 
promotion for the for the while so they can just re-establish themselves again because this is a brand which now tours sells out tickets and sells arenas and um, so they've got to be a bit careful rob there's always there's always a pipeline um you know the indie scene on both sides of the atlantic is as strong as it's been for a hell of a long time and you know you, you when when we took all those indie talents for nxt the fear was that it would would sort of really hurt the indies so sort of doing what you're talking about which is a step removed and instead of what instead of that happening new guys stepped up to the plate you know matt riddle jeff cobb ricochet uh will osprey zach saber jr the british guys of pete dunn which i heard Shaw michaels on a podcast today describe pete dunn as uh vintage fit finley um <laughs> which is a great compliment um obviously mandrews wolfgang trent seven some of those more prominent than others, but the point is, there's always going to be talent that's going to fill that gap. So, like you know, if all those guys went up to the main roster tomorrow, and eventually, of course, they have to, you know, do we will turn Matt Riddle and Roderick Strong and and some of these other guys into into the next wave? Uh, I'm not even mentioning Kenny Omega in that. Mm. There's plenty to be, there's plenty of talent out there to uh, to fill the NXT hole when they go up. Fair enough, Pat. Yeah, I, I don't see any reason why they can't maintain those standards. I think Paul's exactly right. It's, it's, it's a really entertaining show, you know. And be interested now with an English voice on there, you know, on, on commentary as well as obviously Mr. Regal, the character. And there's obviously Tyler Bates going over there. Wolfgang worked at the weekend. You know, Damo O'Connor's there. Um, Nicky Cross is there. It, it's it's just frightening, really. It's going to become, I think, NXT. Uh, it's frightening to think of the people they can't currently get who've got Ring of Honor contracts, you know, who, who've done the ITV stuff. They can't currently get hold of them, but, you know, that, that's going to change pretty soon, you know. So uh, it, there's plenty of options. I agree with Paul. Pat, I know your, uh, your, your time is uh, running short, so I want to uh, just get one more quick question out of you before we, we let you go and uh, Paul and I will wrap up the show. Um, I mentioned the fact that Samoa Joe... Um, debuted on Raw this week in a, a sudden uh, attack on Seth Rollins. Now, there's a postscript, which is that Rollins is injured. Um, it appears to be legit from everything that we can tell um, thus far. I thought thought it was good, quite an elaborate story. I thought it was going to be a good one. But unfortunately, it seems as if it's a, a real situation and, and Rollins is injured. Um, twofold question. One, um, talk about your um, fondness of Samoa Joe, how pleased I imagine you are that he's up on the show. And two, what are they going to do with him now? Because on his first night, he's kind of obje- achieved the uh, the kayfabe objective, as it were. But now he's left himself with nothing to do. Well, yeah. Listen, everything I said about Bobby Roode to to start us off this evening, um, I'll say you, you might as well insert the name Samoa Joe. The same reasons, you know, I've known Joe for a very very long time, professionally speaking. Um, huge fan of his work, always have been. Fan of the bloke, really good guy. He he is tough. You know, that's not a joke. You've all met him. <laughs> He's a lovely bloke, but you wouldn't mess with him. <laughs> and, and and he carries that credibility of being able to clear a bar into the ring with him. And, and, and this is why he's been such a captivating figure everywhere he's been. Um, yeah, plans. It's it's funny. Uh, you know, you've got a feel for Rollins, really. Um, ACLs are very dodgy things. Um, I work a lot in rugby union, and believe me, there's a lot of that stuff going on. Um, there's more of ACL injuries, really, quite frankly, going on in training every, and, and, and in matches than there are anything else. And, and, and it's with, with the exception of concussion, but that's another um, that's another uh, can of worms. Plans, um, Finn Balor. What's he doing in a you know eight weeks' time? What's he up to? They've got the history from the feud in NXT. It seems to be a nice fit. They could easily work something in with that, you know, because 
Balor, I suppose, Balor and Rollins. It all kind of works out in in, in a in a strangely um, almost incestuous little way, given <laughs> the injuries and given you know given the history from NXT with Joe. Um, yeah, I, I, why doesn't Finn Balor come out and um, and uh, and see what uh, see what he can do standing in front of Triple H? Paul, any thoughts? Uh, yeah, um, actually, the obvious one to me when I thought Rollins may be injured and miss WrestleMania would be, you know, because that leaves um, not only Joe without a storyline going forward, but Triple H without an opponent for Mania. So why not just pit Joe against Triple H? It's possible. I mean, there's obviously the, uh, the NXT history. I'd like to see them be more judicious. I don't. Triple H does not have to wrestle at WrestleMania. I think maybe he's... Maybe from his ego standpoint, he, 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 he might. I'm not sure he will. You know, I, I'd, I'd much prefer them to, to hold back and do something so he can appear elsewhere. I don't think it's a definite given that they'll necessarily strong. I think I'd probably say it's 60-40 that he will, and they'll find something. But I wouldn't say it's necessarily a given that he'll uh, be put in there in, in, in some manner. Um, me and Pat were talking about this yesterday on the, on our, on our own time, saying about how there's so many options for Joe that you could go. You could go Joe AJ and you could carry that on into a new company. You could Joe, go Joe Angle. I know we talked about Angle early on in the podcast, but uh, could they do that? Or was Joe's role only ever going to be for uh, um, for the Fastlane pay-per-view or something and, and he wasn't going to have a Mania match anyway? So um, there's lots of um, fascinating uh, ways of looking at it. But uh, either way, here's the thing, boys. Just to just kind of wrap wrap this up. Would you have thought when we were knocking around Pat in uh, – in TNA in around about 2009, as good as some of those guys were, would you ever think we'd be doing a WrestleMania podcast in 2017 talking about the matches that, that AJ Styles, Samoa Joe and Bobby Roode would be having, as well as thinking that Eric Young is there and that Austin Aries is there. And I'm sure there is one or two others that have kind of gone out of my mind. It is kind of amazing. It's extraordinary, really. What 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 a complete shift in momentum. And just on your point about NXT being a bit thin, Triple H doesn't have to wrestle at WrestleMania. He can just go and do the takeover that the NXT one, can't he? Instead, if, if if they're getting a bit light of talent at the top of the card, he could step in in the main event there. That would be brilliant. I'd like that, to see that. that. Be, oh, that yeah. To see. Um, but yeah, I think to, to the, the the change in the scenario, the change in the landscape has been a really captivating thing to see, and it's really happened over the last two or three years. It's happened quickly. The success of the network um, really has been a big instigator in WWE engaging with the world of wrestling again. And, and, and the, the, the former paranoia that they had about mentioning other companies, you know, I was speaking to Neville at the UK Championship launch and, and, and we were joking about the fact that, you know, we couldn't even say Dragon Gate star um, pack in any of the, you know, any of the, they, they they wouldn't have put that on their website back in, you know, four or five years ago. Whereas now they make, they trumpet it out. They say the guy's been, you know, the guy's been a star in, in Japan. They use the footage from Rev Pro, they use the footage from Progress. You see Jim and, and you know, John sitting there at front row at the UK champ, Championship in, in Blackpool. And it, it, it's an extraordinary seed change. And, and yes, Rob, I, I never would have thought that I would have um, seen these people. Um, at the top of WWE, but it's thoroughly deserved, and as we all know, because because they're they're top pros and they can do the job. I think the uh, the the idea of of Triple H wrestling at a takeover has really got my mind going. That imagine that was that could be the perfect way, could it? Of let's say let's say Shinsuke Nakamura, um, they want to move him up to the main roster. He comes out on NXT and says, you know, I've had a great time here, but I want to go up to to WWE and Triple H comes out in heel mode for the first time really in NXT and says, 
you think you're ready, you've got to go past me first. Yes. I want I want to keep you here. I want I to keep it. you in NXT and he challenges Nakamura and you do Nakamura versus Triple H where if Triple if Nakamura wins he gets onto the main roster and of course he does. And before he's even started, you've got a ready made way of saying, Look who's going to debut on Monday night, Shinsuke Nakamura and he beat Triple H to get here. What a start. Lovely. Brilliant. Brilliant. Lovely. That would be beautiful. That was a good little uh, collective piece of booking there, gentlemen. That was uh, that was great fun. And, it, and indeed, this, this whole podcast has been, Pat, it's been magic getting you on. I know you've got to uh, uh, to get going long before uh, we are really ready to go home. But we'll, uh, we'll definitely get you uh, back on before WrestleMania, if that's okay with you, sir. And we can uh, maybe maybe in the in the in the near run up to the big show and get you uh, get you talking about that. How does that sound? No, I'd absolutely love to. And thank you very much for having me on and for, and for all your kind words, gentlemen. Um, and yes, thanks everybody out there for listening. And you should really support um, Paul and Rob here uh, on Hooked on Events. As you all know, if you've been to the parties, they're absolutely fantastic. They're, uh, they're, they're put on by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. And you really can't say any more than that. It's fantastic. So thanks for having me on, boys. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Speak to you soon. It's much, yeah. it's much appreciated, Pat. And it's, um, those words are... They're true ones. We've said this before on the uh, on the podcast here that um, we're not going to have people on that uh, we don't uh, like or respect or think a lot of. Um, we want to get our mates on, and our mates are, are people that we respect and love. So that's uh, that's why we've done it. Um, just to um, let's have a quick wrap up um, with just uh, just ourselves, Paul. Um, we had a great time on on Sunday night in London. Um, it was a really terrific atmosphere, as it always is. Um, possibly my favourite ever. Um, costume competition. Um, I thought it was a bit thin early in the night. There wasn't too many costumes, but they arrived late. Two of the absolute best we've had with uh, people dressed as the Miz and Sabu. You can go on to our uh, Facebook page, by the way, at which Paul is going to tell you the address. How do they get on Facebook? Facebook.com HO Wrestling. Uh, there. So if you go there, there's some uh, some pictures and some videos have been uh, uh, have been put up. Um, some, uh, um, I think, harsh editing by whoever put the videos up, but basically took out all of my funny one-liners. Um, <laughs> I'm deeply upset about that. But uh, self-indulgence aside, uh, yeah, it's good fun to be seeing the, those videos um, and to see what's, uh, what was occurring on the night. Um, it, was a, it was a success, as, um, as it often is, Paul. Um, but you're the man that sort of looks after the nationwide side of things. I just come in really for London. So um, was it um, as big a success as, uh, as I'm thinking? It certainly seems to be, you know, like it was, you know, first, first things first, you know, we had, we had almost 1500 people turn out for these events across the country, um, which is a record for us. And I want to say absolutely thank you so much to everyone that has been to our parties before and keeps supporting us. All those that have come for the first time. Hope you all had a phenomenal time. Um, I know the vast majority did. As any event that size, there's a few niggles and teething problems that I'm uh, addressing as we go along, but they are very, very much a minority. Um, the vast the consensus was that they were great nights, which makes me so pleased. Um, also, a big thank you to everyone um, in the team who made it by far the best organised night so far. You know, my stress levels are always peaking about seven o'clock at night, just as it's all starting up. Um, and I have to say that this time those stressors were still there, but they were very quickly put at ease by all the great guys around the country. Have I, can I mention them all by name, Rob, or is that a bit Mickey taking? No, I think you can. And, but just, just, just before you do, um, 
I just want to say to people that if you're listening to this, there's a very fair chance that you know quite a bit about us al- already. Um, so for- forgive our um, our backslapping, but some people will be new to this, and uh, we'd like to get them involved. We make no. Um, we, we don't hide the fact that this podcast is is in association with the events and we'd like to use it as a bit of a vehicle to, to get people along. We're quite open about that. We'd also like to treat the people that do come with us to a, a nice free podcast and hope you, hopefully you enjoy that. So that, that's kind of out in the clear. But what I will say is that we're sitting here going, great success, love the hell out of it, had a great time, which is our genuine um, perspective. It makes not a lot of commercial sense for us to come on and go, oh, that was terrible. But it really wasn't. It was great and, and we've had a great time. But we would love to hear from you about how we can um, improve. And that's such a horrible, crappy, cliche, corporate thing to say. But genuinely, we don't want you to go to your mates, yeah, it was rubbish, and, and put them off going and not tell us because there's probably something we can do about it, you know, if it's not. Um, the, you know, the, the perfect night. So um, please do get in touch with us. You can find us, as uh, Paul mentioned before, facebook.com slash HO Wrestling. We're HO underscore wrestling on Twitter. Um, there's other ways that you can get in contact with us as well. Send us messages. It's all on the uh, on the socials. Um, and, so, and that's a total genuine thing. Um, if you want to write in and praise what we did, great. That would be, be really good as well. But if you are, you know, critical of anything, let us know so we can sort it out. And that includes... Um, anything that uh, we've done in any of the venues so uh, we'd appreciate that but yeah Paul do do, do some th- thank yous make sure you get to everyone this is always the thing with uh, with thank yous you never want to leave anyone out so be sure <laughs> be sure you have the full list but no I think um, some individuals um, ought to be flagged up for uh, the job that they do with us yeah absolutely mate well just to just reiterate what you said anybody you know anybody wants to get in touch with us with any sort of feedback they can leave it on the social they can email me direct at paul at hookedonevents.co.uk and I will make sure it gets taken care of address it properly and sort out whatever I can. Um, so I want to thank you. You know, first of all, you know, the original team in London, um, Vikram Sangar, yourself, Rob, Rob McNichol, fantastic, fantastic host. Um, DJ Stevie Cox, who we had on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, was sublime as always, kept the night running. He's the engine of the whole thing. We had a new guy working with us called Chris Groves. Chris was an able pair of hands, really useful helping hand. That was fantastic. Uh, Richard Young um, was there working with us for the first time. He's going to be hosting our Nottingham event for WrestleMania. Absolute godsend in the box for me, so thank you, Youngie. Um, in Manchester, we've got Lauren Saw and uh, Danny Hope. Um, you know, Danny Hope being a famous ITV superstar, Danny Hope. Um, brilliant, as always. Great organisation. It's such a safe pair of hands um, with the Manchester event. I know that things tend to run like clockwork up there, so it's fantastic. Uh, in Leeds, we had my brother, Craig Benson, who, again, manages these things with an absolute iron rod. Does a great job. Uh, we had Kelly Steele looking after the hosting duties there for the first time as well. Thanks, Kelly. Wonderful job. Um, in Birmingham, we had Rob Lee, um, you know, journalist, Western journalist Rob Lee hosting the event. Again, superb talent. Did a great job for us. I think he went down really well. I know there's a few teething problems with Birmingham running for the first time. Um, I think the bar underestimated how big we're going to be, to be honest. And I think that's certainly going to be addressed for WrestleMania. They won't be making that mistake again. Um, in Cardiff, uh, we had Gilligan, uh, Luke, um, who um, was, again, him and his team, first time with us, did a stellar job. Um, the crowd reacted to him really well. Um, brilliant one-liners, great improv, really kept things moving there. And then last but not least, in Liverpool, we had the incomparable Ben Brown, who uh, was usually works with in Leeds. He's a bit of a bit of a different style of host. Goes on really well with the crowd and massive wrestling fan, massive enthusiasm. Um, so yeah, 
thanks to all those people. Thanks to all the other people who lend a hand during the night. You know who you all are, um, who chip in here and there um, to make these things possible. And, you know, it's, it's muchly appreciated by me. Um, and I think the guys who come to the event as well really appreciate the hard work you all put in. So, big thank you. Completely echoed. Um, we mentioned uh, that um, uh, D- uh, Stevie, who's our DJ in London, um, was on the podcast last week. Um, he did a really ma- magic job of holding things together when his laptop crashed on him twice in the early stages. And we were all getting a bit panicky, but uh, uh, Steve kept his head and it all worked nicely. So uh, well done, mate. Not only a good technical performance, but a, a good uh, calm one as well. Um, uh, I'm sure Steve will be back on the podcast at some point. Um, Rob Lee, who hosted in Birmingham, uh, we're going to get him on. Uh, very very soon Ben Brown you mentioned from Liverpool was on a couple of weeks ago so we're trying to include as much of the uh, the Howe team as we possibly can because um, we believe in them and we think they're good at what they do um, so um, we are going to bring them onto the podcast where we can and just uh, have them join in and contribute we do have some uh, very very nice hosts uh, lined up for a few of the ones that we haven't mentioned so far um, they're going to be announced uh, in due course I think a couple might have already been uh, announced to the world via uh, via Facebook but um, you can go for the time being you can go there and, uh, and see those announcements and um, we might make one or two on this podcast and uh, on other social media as we get towards Wrestlemania but we're going to keep them up our sleeve for now um, Paul in terms of Wrestlemania um, in terms of getting tickets, we've already mentioned the, the details for that, so there's uh, no real need to, um, to to go over the top anymore. But it is uh, uh, the usual methods, and uh, you can hear it earlier on in the show uh, about how to do that. You can uh, go and rewind. But it's, I feel that we, you sent me a message, didn't you, on, on Monday, and you said it feels we've turned a corner. Now I see turned a corner as something was struggling, and then you've um, pulled it round. I don't think we we're ever struggling. I think it's been going from strength to strength. But this was the one I really felt. Not that we've cracked it, because as soon as you think you've cracked it, there's supposed to be problems. But it really felt like there's a, an interest taken up all over the country, and um, that we've kind of hit our stride in terms of knowing our uh, our niche, as it were. And so um, that is, to me, the coolest aspect of this whole time is that um, so many people came out, so many people seem to have been happy with the uh, um, what they've got on offer. And then, let's face it, there are alternatives. There are other things in other cities that uh, that go on, but we don't think they really offer what we offer you can go and watch it in a bar and just watch the show you can go around and watch it with your mates that's all fine and it's free and it's cool but what we offer is something a bit different and um i knew at least three people that were brand new to the london show uh, including a couple of quite high ranking people in in certain organizations that were really impressed not with necessarily our organization and events but as much as anything um with you guys with the people that came along because there is almost never any speck of trouble, aggro. The atmosphere is brilliant and light-hearted. And that's the thing I really take out, is that people have never watched wrestling with other people before, apart from maybe a, a live wrestling show itself. And they come away from a Howard party saying, that was so cool to be able to watch that with other people and sing and chant and mess around. And it's, we say it's wrestling, enjoy it, don't we? And we mean that. And it was just a case of, that was a night out. I actually think that you could have gone home at midnight and been and watched the rumble at home and still been vaguely satisfied because the <laughs> the, the build to it the build to it was uh, in, in my eyes almost as much fun but um uh we, we've perhaps you know patted ourselves on the back a wee bit too much in this but uh, go on and uh, go on and finish it off before we uh, before we go home for this podcast yeah you know again just to reiterate that the biggest the biggest asset that we've got doing these venues is the crowds that turn up it's a cliche and I've said it many times on Facebook, 
that if you guys didn't show up, we'd just be five saddos in a bar watching wrestling on a big screen with lots of beer available to us and lots of space, but it would be quite tragic. So the fact that you guys come and join us for it absolutely warms our heart. We love it. We love you there. We we think you guys have as good a time as us. Um, and as long as you keep wanting these parties and you keep turning up, we'll keep throwing them. And the same goes with the podcast. Um, this was a bit of a throwaway uh, comment between um, Paul and me, I think towards the end of uh, end of November sort of time. We sort of speculated whether mm. we could do it as uh, as one or two, just as a, a bit of a throwaway to uh, to build for the Rumble. And we, we've had a lot of fun doing it. This is now Ep 7. Uh, the intention is to go one a week up to uh, WrestleMania, maybe even make a, a little bit more regular in the build to Mania because there's so much to talk about. And we've got so many people we want to get on. Um, so if you are enjoying the podcast, um, please share it where possible. Um, we are on uh, SoundCloud. You may be, well, I don't know where you're listening to this, but you may well be listening on, on SoundCloud, which is great. Uh, you can do it on there. The SoundCloud is a, a really fun place if you've got a, um, the SoundCloud app or if you've got the desktop um, open where you can uh, work it through there. It's a very rich environment to watch it on. Uh, we are now on iTunes. You may be listening on your, on your phone or in the car or somewhere having downloaded on iTunes, which is great. And um, you can get us on uh, Podcast Republic via Android if you uh, go searching for us on uh, Hooked on Wrestling. Um, and what I'm, if you're listening to this, I'm telling me telling you how you can get it is kind of pointless. But what I'm saying is that um, if you say to your mates, this is quite good, and they go, oh, I can't get it on mine, well, they can. Um, sometimes you need a little bit of effort, but for the most part, you can. Um, so please um, spread the word. Um, we are not expecting this to be the, the new um, Steve Austin show or anything like that. Um, but we, uh, we do our best to uh, just have a little bit of fun with it, um, to explain our events to you, uh, to give our take on the Rumble. And going forward, um, if this is a, a new experience for you, um, we do try and get on uh, guests which are from uh, media backgrounds as, as much as anything else, uh, as Pat was. We didn't have enough time really to get into some, some fun stories with Pat, but I have shared some great times with Pat. <laughs> this Both sides of the pond, the WWE, TNA, all sorts of things. We could probably do a good hour and a half of just me and Pat telling stories at one another um, from our uh, time doing that. So we're trying to offer a slightly unique um, perspective. You can go back and listen to all our previous episodes. They are available. Most of them are, in fact, all of them are previews for the Rumble. So well, you can go back and listen to how inept we were at guessing some things. Um, and there are some fun stories about certain things in there as well. So we are intending to um, bring on a variety of guests in the run-up to WrestleMania. Like I say, share it, review it, and do what you can to get it out there. Because the more people do listen, uh, the more we are likely to do. Um, we certainly will run up to WrestleMania. And if we find that the following is there and the interest is there, we may well continue and make it a more permanent thing. Failing that, we may just take a break in the spring and return in the early summer as we get towards SummerSlam. But that is kind of in your hands. So if uh, if you really want to uh, hooked on wrestling in your ears all the way through the year, the best thing to do is tell other people about it and get them tuning in because we uh, uh, we know that our listenership has greatly increased over the last two or three weeks um, since we've been on the iTunes, but we'd like it to keep on going. So uh, please spread it out. And if you've got this far, all you've done for the last 15 minutes is listen to me and Paul, me and Paul being very self-indulgent. So uh, <laughs> uh, we thank you for that. Um, we do not do this every time. Uh, we like to sprinkle a bit of how in there, but uh, me and Paul had such a buzz at the weekend, as did everyone else on the how team, and I'd like to back up all Paul's thank yous without going into individuals. Um, but this all started with, as Paul said, five blokes arsing around in Camden, um, watching it all together, dressing up like idiots and, and having a beer and a curry. And it's turned into 50, 1,500 people 
across six venues in the UK. It's going to be eight at WrestleMania. Hopefully, we'll get past the 2,000 mark. Um, just what a time. What a what a great run it's been. It's been a load of fun, and we ain't finished yet. We've got some cracking little extras coming uh, at, at least a couple of the venues um, for WrestleMania. Um, we've even, we're even planning things for SummerSlam already. There's other how things in the pipeline. Uh, this is a good time to jump on board with us because um, we are going places, everybody. Um, Paul, any final thoughts before we wrap up? No, no, I think we've covered everything. We should let these good people get off to the rest of their day, the rest of their evening, the rest of whatever they've got ahead of them after they've finished listening to us. Thank you again, as always, for listening, guys. Thank you, everyone. We'll be back next week with more thoughts on the Royal Rumble and maybe we will start to edge along that road to WrestleMania. At the moment, there's quite a traffic jam. The services are still a few miles away and I'm desperate for a wee, but we will get there. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week. Remember, this is Hooked on Events. This is the Hooked on Podcast and it's wrestling. Enjoy it. Enjoy it.